I think it's safe to say the Vaqueros are going to open up at home, and it's going to be on August 30th of 2025. Uh, and so that's what we're uh, that's what we're working towards right now. This is Rob Rosell, your host for Business on Tap. Make sure you tap in to our first episode where we had University of Texas Rio Grande Valley Athletic Director Chase Conk and George Rice, co-founder for 5x5 Brewery, to really discuss the partnership that produced Los Vaqueros Beer. So make sure you tap in. Topics coming up. We're going to talk about marketing, business, entrepreneurship, finance, leadership, Whatever it takes to run your business, we got some great guests, great stories. The idea really was, how can we tap into these local small business owners' minds, really learn about their challenges, their successes, over a few glasses of beer. I think it is vital and a key testament and huge economic impact for local small businesses to be successful. If you truly believe in the business community here in the Rio Grande Valley, we're looking for advertisers, supporters, to really build up the network of entrepreneurs, local businesses, and you know businesses throughout the Rio Grande Valley. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, tap into Business on Tap and tap into being a sponsor with us. With us today, we have University of Texas Rio Grande Valley UTRGV Athletic Director Chase Kong. Thank you, Chase, for joining us today. Glad to be here, Rob. Also with us, we have George Rice, uh, co-founder of 5x5 Brewery. Thank you, George. I always love hanging out with you, Rob, so this should be fun. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, we're going to get in some good insight today, um, learn a little bit about athletics, learn a little bit about the brewery business, uh, maybe a little bit about both, and and uh, and have some beers while we're at it. So I think I think certainly going to be very exciting. Um, but I think, you know, we'll begin, uh, Chase, with... Um, you know, maybe kind of share with us in terms of uh, your upbringing and then in terms of your journey of getting here to the real Grand Valley, the, the RGV, as, as we like to call it, as fast as you, you could. That's right. Yeah, as fast as I could. So um, a coach's son. I, I, I grew up moving around uh, quite a bit uh, throughout my childhood, uh, originally from South Louisiana, uh, but career-wise, I uh, moved here from the Rio Grande, to the Rio Grande Valley from Little Rock. Uh, I served okay. as athletic director there. Oh, about four and a half, five years, and uh, just started year five uh, here at UTRGB. Congratulations on, on year that. five. Um, I, I mean, I recall when I first met you, um, it's crazy how time flies. It does. Uh, August 1 of uh, 2019 was, uh, was the day I got offered the job. So here we are four years later and uh, having a lot of fun. Let's transition over to George. You know, let's talk about um, your journey in terms of co-founding a brewery. Were you a beer enthusiast growing up? Actually wasn't a beer guy starting off. I was, uh, my wife talks so much trash about this to everyone she meets. Uh, I was actually like a mixed drink guy, like the fruity drinks <laughs> and uh, like Zimas and stuff like that. Uh, got into beer in the military, of course, uh, you know, uh, being in upstate New York and being able to explore different beer varieties, especially with Canada right there. And they love their dark beers. And then having guys that were in Germany and across Europe and, you know, got exposed to it. So when I did come back to Texas and picked up a, a Bud Light or Miller Light, drank it, spit it right out, like that tasted like water. And uh, yeah, got into beer pretty quickly. Uh, born and raised down here in Mission. Um, childhood all the way up. Uh, played a little bit of 
college football and then dropped out for like an idiot for the military and came back and with a bunch of veteran friends came up a really, really bad idea about opening up a brewery down here in the Rio Grande Valley. (laughs) Um, First, definitely want to thank you for serving our country. Um, You know, I, my, my dad's a veteran. um, And, and so, you know, I think it says a lot about you to serve this great country of ours. Um, Second of all, not a bad idea uh, because I think you're a pioneer in terms of, uh, you know, the local brewery scene, you know, I think a lot of other major markets definitely have it. Um, and I think the Valley is no other, um, you know, not different than anybody else. So I think it's it's good uh, for you to have that idea. So thank you, George. Well, we're starting to develop a regional identity down here. And, you know, everything's a part of it from food, cuisine, you know, like with the Delgado Collective and McAllen with them and all these amazing eateries we have popping up across the Valley. And then beer is part of it. And hopefully, like... Um, I was mentioning earlier, a distillery um, and having these regional aspects, just the same way San Antonio does, Houston does, Dallas does. And we're really creating a, a regional identity down here in the valley and being able to spread that, not just across the valley, but across the rest of the states and hopefully, or rest of the state of Texas and hopefully soon across the rest of the United States. So being able to see valley products go across the state is huge. Uh, and, you know, now they're about to get a dose of some UTRGV football. Super excited about that. Um, I mean, would you like to talk a little bit about UTRGV football? Um, I know our viewers are super excited about that. Um, you know, as I mentioned, in terms of this is a business podcast, definitely, I think some business uh, oh, no doubt. Yeah. mindset around that. Um, talk a little bit about the strategy, Chase, in terms of um, what are you going to do to promote UTRGV football down here? Well, we got our first recruit right here. I think he, I think he still has some some eligibility left. We've got two, two years, years? Of, <laughs> two years of eligibility. Uh, it, it it is a it's a business strategy, but it's um it's about rallying the valley. You know, it's looking for uh, innovative ideas to bring our community together, uh, bring our university together, uh, provide that that spirit, that pageantry, uh, all the things that college athletics can do, and uh, and football has a chance to do that for us. Uh, partnerships like this have a chance to do that. Uh, we've sold 2,200 season tickets already. That's awesome. I mean, it's amazing, right? You think about uh, the community responding, and, and we still have two years to go. Um, so it's a process. It's a uh, it's a journey, uh, but it's something we get to do together. It's something that the entire valley uh, gets to do. Nurture this. the The best way I can put it, it's like nurturing a, a baby, right? And we have to uh, take care of it. It eventually is going to crawl, then it's going to walk, and then it's going to run. And, uh, and we're in that early phase right now. That's awesome. I'm super excited about UTRGV football. I know, George, you can, you can second that. I'm excited about the entire sports, not just the football, but seeing what, what's going on with the, the baseball team, the, the female soccer, and all the sports in general. It's just like it's being elevated to this next level of competition. I'm a huge sport guy. I grew up as a very unhealthy mix of a jock and a nerd. My father was a two-time All-American and a sport that's not even played down here, lacrosse. Uh, so we grew up very athletically, but at the same time, we're all kind of nerds. And like I was telling him earlier, I grew up reading Lord of the Rings in elementary school. So not the movie, actually reading the book. Sure. Um, but seeing this actually come to the Valley and seeing it elevate the other sports is just, it's amazing to watch. Uh, because like I was talking about earlier is regional identity. Athletic sports, that's part of it. And uh, seeing what UTRGV is doing for that on the sports side, not just football, but everything is just, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's... We're, Valley is going to be a powerhouse. We've always said it. I would agree. We're going to be competing with Austin, San Antonio, Houston in a matter of a couple of years and having this to kind of rally as, you know, rally the Valley. 
it's an awesome cornerstone for it all. And if I can piggyback on that, I think it's one thing that's been uh, awesome about George and, and 5x5 is, is the recognition of what we're doing today, right? And he mentioned it, baseball, soccer. We have 16 uh, Division One programs, 270 student athletes. And, um, and I know we'll get into it on, on how this all started, but um, credit to George and, and 5x5 for seeing what we're doing today, but seeing the potential uh, of what's ahead and, and taking advantage of that. Uh, that opportunity, but his investment, five by five's investment, and in, in all of our programs, um, it helps. It helps tremendously. And and you know, before we talk about that that partnership, uh, let's get into our first beer. Um, so beer or tequila. We're gonna do beer first, George. And 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 normally the way this show works is I introduce the beers, but also you know it's not every day that I have a a, a brewery co-founder with me. So. Um, I'm gonna give you the honor of introducing your own beers. Uh, so what are we gonna start off with here, this this first beer? So honestly, I think we should honestly start off with our Irish Red, our FUBAR. Uh, I really want to uh, wait for our new crowd and gem, which is Los Vaqueros for last. So okay. this is actually, uh, besides the Los Vaqueros, this is actually my favorite beer that we have right now. It's Irish Red, very traditional. It's uh, sweet, malty, a little bit of burnt caramel, a little bit of burnt raisin on it, but it's extremely traditional. Like the water profile dates back to Dublin. That's what we mimic on their salt content. Uh, the malts are pretty much on par, and then the bitterness is right where it's supposed to be. So it's very traditional on what it's supposed to be. And most of our beers, we kind of stay on the traditional side. Lately, we've been venturing off the cuff a little bit like we did sure. with Los Vaqueros, but this is a pretty traditional Irish red and basically what it tasted like 200 years ago. Okay, well, let's do it's it. It's not 200 years old. It's just what it would have tasted <laughs> like 200 years ago. All right. Well, cheers, gentlemen. Right, cheers. Yeah, but good clarity, really good color, uh, kind of on the medium side, on the amberness. Uh, carbonation should be on point. Very good. Well, you see what Great I was talking beer. about. You get a little bit of burnt caramel. You get a little bit of burnt raisins. That's from the malt profile. Um, the bitterness is not overbearing, not way too under, so it shouldn't be overly sweet. It's right there. It's actually a year-round beer that you could drink. You know, we've had other guests talk about beers pairing good with food. In terms of this beer, what, what, what kind of uh, food would you recommend to have with it? Tacos. <laughs> We're in the valley. Um, actually, reds go good with uh, a lot of things, but meats uh, and poultries, reds okay. go really, especially poultries, because you always want that sweetness counterbalance. So with uh, pork and uh, and chickens, it goes really good with it. Um, we don't have it, unfortunately, because they ran out of HEB. Hopefully, they get in pretty soon. Is our brown. That's uh, probably my favorite beer to actually drink with a steak, because you pretty much have to chew through that beer. And it's high ABV, so you're going to fill it quick. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, early on in terms of uh, when I was a chamber president and you all got going there in mission, um, super proud of you guys. So wish you, you and 5x5 continued success, but definitely want to transition into uh, our next topic. Um, I know a lot of our viewers are certainly interested in terms of um, talk about the partnership of Los Vaqueros? How did the UT system, UTRGV, and 5x5 uh, brewery really come to fruition and 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 really uh, come up with this great partnership? Um, I, I really, who, who would like to start uh, off with that? Do you remember the first call? I, 
I called them because I was going through our, I go through daily depletions report sent by my distributor. And I, I remember like, what the hell? Who went through four half barrels of a very, very strong beer on like a Tuesday or Thursday night? Like it was out of the norm. So I thought something was wrong. So I called distributor, like, what is this account? It didn't say where it was. It was just an account number and found out it was UTRGV baseball stadium uh, for the UT game. And I was just like, oh man. So I called down and I believe I talked to, was it you or? Uh, yeah, we connected and I yeah. uh, actually had Seth on speaker and I don't even think uh, you realize that. I just wanted him to hear <laughs> to hear the, the, the full story. And um, we, we were fired up. And, and I think Senator Hinojosa has, has um, something to do with this. And uh, even Veronica Gonzalez, who's um, our, our VP for governmental relations, just the, um, you know, the power behind five by five. Right. And, and so getting that phone call, uh, we were fired up about it. And um, and you could tell in, in George's voice that um, really you, you you called to say thank you, which is pretty it, kind. It, of it was because, uh, you know, we we've been having an issue and we've been fighting that issue down here pretty long. It's just like, hey, support local, support sure. local as a compounding effect. So I wanted to call. The UT system directly, like, hey, this had a, a badass effect. You know, I'm keeping my guys employed. Uh, you know, we're getting the brand out there. You know, we have all these Austin folk coming in for the game and they're seeing Valley Beer. It just, I wanted to say thank you. So I called them, hey, if you guys need anything, let us know. And then I'm not sure if it was their idea or our idea. I think it might have been ours, but I think it was on a smaller scale. Like, hey, let's let's do like a workshop where, you know, you guys are coming in and brewing a beer with us and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of developed into this huge monster which is Los Vaqueros now. Uh, it, it's been a very, very fun, very trying, but very fun and very rewarding experience from start to finish. Let's talk about first the the name. Uh, did that just easily come into into fruition, or or were you all thinking of, of other names? We had a, we had a couple of we had a couple to it, a couple but, of versions, but. Uh, I think the name was pretty one thing that we were really solid on at the start. Uh, I think there's a couple versions of it, but um, every aspect of the beer, from the beer, the quality, the clarity, the taste, the can, the label, the name, everything got uh, was calculated. Okay. Uh, we wanted a beer that represented the valley and represented, sure. you know, their ethos of rally the valley. So we're like, let's build something specifically for South Texas. And so that went everything from um, uh, the label to the design of it to, uh, you know, we had UTRGV, uh, their media department helping us with the label design with our media department. So there's a lot of collaboration on it from, again, from the taste of the beer to the quality to the name to the label design, everything from start to finish was calculated. And, 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 and I would say too, it was kind of a um, divide and conquer, right? I mean, they, we trusted them. We, we had some early discussions on everything that George just said, but we are the, uh, we are the first UT system school to have our own beer. And, and that's a point of pride, but that also comes with a lot of work, right? I'm and, sure, I'm sure. And, uh, and some persistency. I think that's a kind yeah. word to say for about 12 months is we had to be persistent. And, uh, but we had a lot of good people that were excited about it, and, and not just people here in the Valley. Uh, when they got to meet uh, George and, and hear the 5x5 five five, uh, mission and, and the vision for what we were doing here, but also the vision for the brewery, uh, we had to have so many people involved, right, at the system level, you know, in Austin and, uh, and others throughout the state. But uh, 10, 12 months in the making, and, um, and we were able to launch it, and it was one heck of a launch, so it was all worth it. That's it, awesome. Um, one very heck of a launch. We ran out of beer. We got a 45-day supply is what we stocked up. And that 45-day supply turned into a 10-day supply, like, very quickly. And so we were, like, and we've been scrambling ever since. We're still trying to keep up. We're trying to get 
ahead of the volume. The problem is we, we, we flood our distributor with the beer, they get it out, and then the distributor's like, hey, we need more. I'm like, I mean, I, it doesn't I, work that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you talk about uh, being able to keep up with demand. I think that first day you were out and about promoting, I messaged you. Uh, first opportunity I had, ran to my local HEB, and I think there was like three or four six packs left. And 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 for you know the next couple of weeks, it, it it's just you know luck of the draw. If, if you have it, you get it. But um, you know, I think Chase, back back to your point. Being the first in terms of uh, you know UT uh, University to do a partnership with a local brewery, uh, what was the response like in terms of saying, hey, you know this local brewery uh, in the valley uh, wants to have a partnership with us? What, what did, did they did they think the idea was too crazy? Did did you have good reception? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, I think early on reception was good. Um, there wasn't resistance. It was just anytime you do something for the first time, you have a lot to a lot to walk through. And, and again, there's processes and things uh, also at the state level that George and his team you know have to go through every time they launch a beer, right? So we have tremendous respect that there was truly a divide and conquer. You know, we took care of the pieces that we can control, and, and of course we had trust in our partnership that George and his team. Um, we're doing their part, but um, no, it, it wasn't resistance. It was just, it, truly, it was, let's get around the table and figure this out. And, and that, that we were very grateful for. Nacho Piscina the third, Ramon Ignacio Piscina the third. A lot of people ask me where the nacho comes from. I'm a third generation real estate broker, uh, born bred here in the Rio Grande Valley. Went to school here at Uni University of Texas Pan American. Had my license for 19 years. Recently, about seven years ago, I went into residential construction, major remodels and flips and rehabs, primarily in the city of McAllen. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm from and that's what we do. We do everything from residential, commercial, property management, and even new construction and remodels. So, I mean, I mean, if you're coming from the East Coast, West Coast, out of state, you know, if you're needing help on anything, you know, if you want to look for residual income, you're looking at multifamilies, you know, looking at buying one or maybe even track of multifamily facilities, complexes per se. I mean, I'm your guy. I mean, if the numbers work, I think it, it, the deal will work. Um, and that's what it is. It's about creating a good formula for the investor and making sure that, you know, both sides are happy. You can call me at 956-844-3870. You want to shoot me on an email, it's pretty easy. It's rpecina, P-E-C-I-N-A, 2011, at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a website. It's www.zaphire, zaphire with a Z, zaphiregroup.com. You know, another piece too is as far as the launch, and, and George and his team do this often. Uh, we released, we put out a, a press release about a month before the product was available um, in stores, and and that was uh, that was so smart, right? I mean, they were able to get a jump start on demand. Um, probably still surpassed your expectation in that first oh, that first order, but we, we still uh, still we're still struggling to to catch up to where we're supposed to be at, so we could start growing healthily. It's uh, there hasn't been a plateau yet, and now we have sports season right around the corner. So we're like we're all like, okay, it's going to get worse. <laughs> and, and, and just think about again going back to George, um, and we're grateful as heck because they they believed in us before everything really started to come to fruition. I mean, we were working on this. Um, before we had the Board of Regents final approval in football, before we hired Coach Bush, before we sold one season ticket, right? So I think an important part of this is 
uh, that first phone call, we go back to April of 22. Yeah. Before any of the, you know, any of the other stuff, you know, really came to fruition. And, um, but as you talk about sports season, I mean, just fast forward to fall of 25. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you think about the demand on, uh, on Los Vaqueros and, uh, and just the enthusiasm that's going to be there for football. Um, we're just getting started. I think it's going to feed off uh, into the other sports too, like uh, the last baseball game of the season, uh, um, of the regular season play that you had over here, the, the tailgate party, and then you know almost a maxed out stadium, the fireworks. It was amazing, uh, really really good game. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win, but it was still it was an amazing experience. And the boys they also played had the number six draft pick in the uh, yeah they did the they're they, they sure. pretty so good they're pretty good they're a pretty good team. But it was fun just seeing the entire community come out you know to support you know all these uh a lot of really good valley players on the baseball team and then of course uh you know with their success and then going to the conference after that or the the playoffs right after that it was it was fun uh and it was a it was a pretty amazing tailgate i was my feet were kind of sore at the end of the day it was uh and i think that's just a taste of what's to come right sure. and, and and i think that's where football is helping our current sports we had over uh, almost a hundred thousand people come through our gates this year uh, between wow. basketball volleyball and baseball and Broke you know all-time record for baseball, and that that particular night, I think it was just under five thousand uh, at the ballpark. And so to see that kind of crowd that late in the year, and to see the enthusiasm with the you know the pregame and the tailgating and the, the launch of Los Vaqueros, um, it's it's a great indicator that the valley's ready, and and we're grateful for that because we can't do this alone, and neither can George. And as great as this partnership is, we we need everybody. Um, really supporting local and and finally you know we have a brewery here that's got great product and finally we have a um, on the rise division one athletics program that's going to have division one college football so it's a good time to be here in the rgb without further ado let's try the los vaqueros beer you want to go straight into that yeah let's let's try it okay so it's uh again when their team and our team linked up we wanted to do something that would represent the valley so okay. we're like uh, a lot of our beers down here are, are, are Mexican culture and influence, which is influence off the German culture uh, on the beer, uh, Dos Equis, Vienna, uh, lagers, everything. That's all German influence from German Im immigrants back in the day uh, coming over, bringing over the beer method. Uh, so we're like, OK, well, let's stick with German, but we need to do something light. So let's go with the Kolsch. Uh, we were thinking about doing a lager. We decided to do an ale because we could produce it faster and more efficient. And we thought the flavor profile was a little bit sweeter to go into the valley. And so we want something clear, light, everyone can drink. And we're like, okay, what do we tie into it that would really represent the valley? And we're like, citrus. So we added citrus in there. We tried it with grapefruit at first. And we're like, nah. And so we we, we uh, messed around with lime. And then when we tried the blood orange, we're like, okay, that's it. That, that's what we're going to stick with. So, um, you know, we had the citrus aspect to it. We had the cultural aspect to it with the German influence, with the Vienna malt, with the Kolsch. And then... Uh, you know the lightness because of how damn hot it is down here so we have to have a light beer so it, all this and it wasn't just our team it was you know we had multiple meetings with the utrgv athletics department and we all mapped it out together from start to finish and that's how we got to this really sweet note to it um the good thing about this is that it's not just the labeling's great and the marketing's great on it sure but we had people going back buying it again based off the flavor and that's that's how we know it was a hit it wasn't a one and done uh, which that's a huge thing in our industry. People do hardcore releases, but they're one and done. So that's it. No, it's continuous. Same people going back every other week. So instead of getting that Miller Light or that pack of Dos Equis, now they're going and getting one or two six packs of this every week. And that's where we're having a hard time keeping up now. I mean, 
definitely always in my beer fridge. So uh, we well, appreciate cheers. that. We appreciate that. Is it okay if I say that's my favorite? Is that okay? Yeah, we get in debates all the time. I think it's my wife's favorite too. Um, I like the red because I'm into redheads. My wife's a redhead, but uh, you know, it can't go wrong with the Kolsch. No, that's good. That's good. Um, you know, and I think before we started shooting, um, recording on this episode, uh, Chase talked a little bit about you know what's what's happening right now in the news in terms of conference realignment. Um, I mean, I would say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, a lot of it has to do with, with TV rights and, and football. Uh, can you kind of just talk about your, your thoughts about what's what's going on right now with, with conference realignment? Is it good for UTRGV? Um, and, and what do you foresee with college sports here in the future as that happens? That is a loaded and changing question. Uh, I'm know, a big sports Or answer every, every few hours. You know, who would have thought we'd be sitting here uh, today and and the Pac-12 would have four teams standing. Who'd have thought? You know, um, yesterday or you know last few days, the news with with what's happening at at that level, you know, and again we're, we're Division One, right? There's 360 Division One programs in the country. And the, the Rio Grande Valley has one, uh, but certainly there's a you know the, the Power Five level, and, and there's a level that we're seeing a lot of that movement right now. Uh, but but it has been um, it's been wild to see what's happened starting with UT and Oklahoma's departure that really set things off uh, to your point these moves are really bumping up against major media deals that are expiring and up for renewal right so that's a driving force in this uh, the, the, the central and eastern time zones you're, you're starting to realize how important uh, the time zones are uh, for uh, for coverage for exposure that leads to you know ultimately revenue from TV deals. Um, but I, I really, um, I never would have thought we'd be seeing the what we're seeing right now at this magnitude. Uh, for for us, I can tell you, when I got here uh, to UTRGV you know, a little over four years ago, we were the only Western Athletic Conference school in the state of Texas. Uh, Tarleton had not made the move to Division One. Our closest conference game was New Mexico State. All right, so now you fast forward to where we are today. We have Tarleton, Stephen F. Austin, uh, Abilene Christian, and, and, UT, um, and UT Arlington. Um, so we have a great Texas presence, but we still have a great West Coast presence as well. Uh, on the football side, you know, and that's one piece that I look forward to really educating our fan base on is uh, the creation of our new football conference, the United Athletic Conference. And, and so that's our, uh, including us, six football playing schools in the Western Athletic Conference uh, combined with the four football playing schools from the Atlantic Sun. And so now our brand goes from Utah here in Texas, uh, Central Arkansas, North Alabama, Kentucky, and, uh, and Tennessee. Uh, but as you see the movement to your, you know, your question about how does it impact us, as you see the movement uh, at those Power Five levels, um, there, there's, there's a trickle down that happens, and we see it time and time again. Uh, when we started our, our venture with football, Sam Houston State was in the Western Athletic Conference. And as soon as some of that realignment you know, started to shake out, uh, they had an invitation to go FBS and, and join Conference USA. Uh, and so there's definitely things that you monitor and that, and that you, you keep a close eye on, especially as spread out as our conference is, which you're seeing more. I mean, look at the Big Ten. They're going to be from east to west coast, truly coast to coast. Uh, and so our conference, while not that spread out, certainly has a lot of west coast teams. So you keep your eye on everything. Uh, but we're in a great position. If you go back, like I said, four years ago and look at the league and look at where we are today, um, 
you know, we, we've got a great brand of Division One ball really across all sports. Uh, our basketball league this year finished 11th in the country. You know, there's 31, 32 Division One conferences, and WAC basketball was 11th behind ACC, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12. I was not um, aware of that. Okay. And, right, so so the competitiveness, uh, you know, the teams that are coming through uh, our venues, the field house, the baseball stadium, um, it, it's a really good competition. Um, so, you know, the, the conference realignments, uh, it's fascinating to watch. It's um, not sure it's, it's always student-athlete friendly first. Uh, that's one thing I think we've always got to make sure we're we're keeping in mind at UTRGV that uh, we want to be a part of, uh, you know, leagues that have institutions with similar values and um, you know getting on a uh, getting on a bus or a plane and traveling some of those distances uh, that some of these schools are signing up for uh, not sure that's best for the student-athlete but those are their decisions we'll control our own destiny and um, really in a good spot right now with uh, with a great conference and also a great football league and thank you for sharing that insight about the United Athletic Conference I, re I really wasn't too uh, knowledgeable in terms of how that comprised of um, so I'm, I'm you know, aside from myself, I think our viewers are going to be uh, excited to, to be part of that. Uh, talk about a little bit about uh, where are we going to play? Um, do, we, do we have an opponent yet? Um, how, how is the recruiting process going? Yeah. Um, coaching staff? Well, I, I know and we've talked about it on, the, on this podcast that the community is eager to have Division One football here. And so just kind of share where we are at in terms of uh, launching our football program right now. Yeah, and I'll give kind of the milestone moments. We, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about football if it wasn't for our students. Uh, and so that referendum that uh, our Student Government Association led in, in back in, in fall of 2021, we really, uh, we owe it to our students. And I don't think we talk about it enough. You know, so what we're doing now is really answering the call uh, of that student body that voted uh, that fall. Uh, and so you fast forward, we talked about the Regents' approval uh, in the fall of 22, the hiring of Coach Bush, uh, which has uh, been a tremendous hire for us. You know, he, um, he loves the Valley, he understands the Valley. Uh, his wife's from uh, here in McAllen, his mom's from Mercedes. Uh, he's coached at um, you know, U of H and TCU and, and Texas State and was part of the uh, startup at UTSA as their first offensive coordinator, uh, but, but has seven, eight uh, really valuable uh, years at the high school level as well. And, and so he's the total package for us. Uh, he's put he's assembled a very small but mighty uh, staff at this point sure uh, he's got uh, four assistant coaches three uh, on-field assistants and an operations uh, assistant and so there was only four of them that could hit the recruiting trail this spring uh, over that five-week period i think they visited 500 plus high schools throughout the state of texas uh, they started off here in the valley uh, i believe we have 48 high schools here in the rgv they hit every one of them in the first four days uh, made their way north and then uh, and then came back and finished here uh, in the 956 as the recruiting period ended uh, back in the spring. Uh, but they're they're getting after it. Uh, you know we um, you know we ask a lot of them, uh, not just in the recruiting side, but they also have to uh, help us anticipate orders. And um, you know right now we have a couple of branded footballs and some really sharp looking helmets, but that's about it, right? So we've got a whole lot to order, uh, a whole lot to get in place. We have facilities to build. Uh, right now, we're in the midst of 85 million in, in facility investments for all of our athletic programs. Uh, the first 40 or so million is focused on our current sports. Um, some of those facilities are going to be completed later this calendar year. And then as you fast forward, we'll break ground uh, on the Vaqueros Performance Center for football 
uh, come November of this year. And, and that'll take not quite two years. We should be able to move in July of 25 before kickoff. Uh, and then in the middle of all that, we'll have two uh, signing classes, uh, one coming up in the spring, uh, February 24. And then this time next year, we're going to have 100, uh, maybe 80, let's call it 80 student athletes uh, on campus for that practice year. And, and so while it seems so far away, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that we hired Coach Bush eight months ago. I mean, that's flown by like that, right? And so it just shows you uh, how quick things are going to come. Uh, Stadium-wise, you know, that's one thing that, um, you know, we're still uh, working through. Yeah, you know, I think the next couple of months are going to be very valuable uh, to, to us on uh, finalizing our plans. Uh, we are committed to playing one game a year uh, in Brownsville. We're going to play at Sam Stadium uh, there in Cameron County. And then we'll play our other home games uh, here in the Upper Valley. Uh, we are working on our schedule right now. Uh, one thing that's going to be a challenge for us is it's a good thing, but uh, that first football season, we're going to play eight United Athletic Conference games. So we already have eight Division One games scheduled for us right off the bat. Okay. Uh, and so we'll add, uh, it's a year at the Division One FCS level, you can play 12 games. And so we'll have four non-conference, eight conference. And, and so we're working through that right now. Um, I think it's safe to say the Vaqueros are going to open up at home, and it's going to be on August 30th of 2025. Uh, and so that's what we're uh, that's what we're working towards right now. That's awesome. That's going to be one fun, fun Saturday. Yeah, Put, putting that down on my calendar already. Uh, already have season tickets. George, you Appreciate still have some you, eligibility left. You going you going to be part of that recruiting? Class? I think I think I honestly I, I think your clock started. Yeah, so no, we may be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing about you know all the great milestones that UTRGV football and athletics is doing. So uh, we are excited. And uh, before we get into our last beer, Georgia, I know you're very eager. Uh, yeah, I think one of the things, uh, if you could really talk about it, is are we going to have any local kids maybe um, have an opportunity to play Division One football down here for UTRGV? Yeah, the answer is absolutely. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier um, in our coaching staff. Um, they will always start here in the Valley. And, and that's our current 16 sports. That's football. That's uh, swimming and diving. And the fact that our football coaches started right here, I think is really important. The other piece is one out of every four of our current student athletes, they're from right here in the RGV. They're from a four county region. And I think that's a, uh, that's a, a statistic that we probably don't brag about enough. And, and so to simply answer your question, yes, there's going to be opportunities. And I think having division one football here in our community is only going to help elevate uh, football throughout the valley it's already strong but it's only going to get better i would agree i've seen it firsthand uh you know i'm i got two kids that are in sports uh, i got okay. a daughter that's in soccer they're both at the junior high level but we're already seeing the impact of the football program and utrgv athletics as a whole not just football but soccer everything having an impact at the isd level and i'm already seeing the impact that's having on my son and my daughter with the coaching staff i mean everyone knows like hey it's it's time to perform and you already see the coaching staff coming down uh, i've seen the the girl soccer coach, like, I think he's Scottish. He has a real thick accent. I can barely understand what he's saying. He loves beer, though. Uh, I know he's drank a lot of my beer. <laughs> but uh, I've seen him at, like, four or five of the local uh, girls' sports okay. uh, competitions. out. You know, and he's there writing and, you know, actively recruiting. I've seen the football coaches already out touching base with the different coaches out here. So I know on social media you have a lot of, what are they called, Karens and Jakes. Like, oh, no one from the Valley. Like, man, come on, give the Valley a little bit more credit. The sure. Valley produces D1 caliber athletes. I've seen it. We have NFL football players that were born and raised in uh, the Valley. You have Robert uh, Robert Garza, Jamar Taylor, a few dozen other. The, the Valley does yeah. produce yeah. D1 caliber athletes, and I'm pretty sure UTRGV is going to try to be capturing as many of them as possible. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would absolutely agree. So um, I think we're excited about that. 
Uh, thank you for clearing the air on, on some of, uh, you know, that, that maybe we'll call it misinformation on social media, but, uh, let's get into this, uh, last beer. Oi, uh, Blondale, um, kind of like a Coors Blanket, uh, ba Banquet, a uh, little bit of bitterness to it, um, still sweet like most sales, uh, it's a solid beer, it's our Morefield Blonde, it's our third top seller right now. Okay. And, uh, Vaqueros just passed it up about two months ago, it's, uh, Vaqueros is right behind Fubar and about to pass up Brown, so that's going to be, Vaqueros is going to be our top seller within the next four months. That's all. I know Chase is- Cheers to that. Yeah, yeah, cheers to cheers that. Cheers to that. I don't think I've had that beer enough, to be honest. What the vaquero or the blonde? The blonde. It's uh, they move. It. It's a perfect summertime beach beer. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I, I absolutely. But the Los Vaqueros is knocking it down quick. Like we're seeing the orders. Like uh, we project everything on the graphs and see that Los Vaqueros going like this, and you see Fubar dipping down a little bit, the blonde dipping down. So they're, um, they're eating up the sales of the other ones, but overall the sales are still increasing tremendously, two three hundred percent overall. All uh, it's just uh, it's funny to watch uh, the graphs on it. I'm a big math nerd on when it comes to the market so it's fun to watch i mean i think it's very important as as you run a successful brewery uh, you know we talk about business on this podcast so numbers is something that, that is very vital to, to running a successful business uh real quick in terms of los vaqueros beer uh, can you only buy that here in the valley or can you buy it throughout the state of texas initially it was supposed to be just a valley okay but there's been such a huge demand for it in laredo and corpus so it's out there and we're also getting demand for it up in san antonio now which is going to be funny because uh you know that's utsa's territory so yeah let's throw a little bit of uh, you know throw a little bit of dirt in their face and start selling our beer in their backyard i'll drive it up there yeah <laughs> i can do that yeah i mean uh I, I, I will have a disclaimer uh so my brother's a former alum, and, and he lives in Oklahoma now. So uh, let's just say some Los Vaqueros beer has, has made it up to Oklahoma as well. Uh, those Yokies don't even have beer over 4% up there. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think, you know, we've reached the portion of our podcast where we normally have a fourth beer, but um, I, I think we both tried to get a fourth 5x5 five five beer, and, and because that wasn't available... Um, I think it's water, but I think it may be tequila. I don't think it's water. <laughs> um, no, so it's tequila. So uh, this is uh, compliments of Ronnie, uh, you know, who lent us his house to shoot this podcast. So thank you. Uh, cheers, fellas. <laughs> cheers. cheers. Salute. Ooh, that's actually really smooth. It is smooth. It is. Man, it's got a really good taste. But uh, I definitely want to thank you both uh, for taking some time out of y'all's schedule, for talking about athletics, beer. This is the Business on Tap podcast. So I think having you both on talk about your partnership was something that we definitely wanted to share uh, with our viewers. So thank you both. Uh, really means a lot to us. And, you know, as, as we transition out, uh, we wish you both the success in, in each of one of y'all's business in the beer business, athletics business. Um, I'm going to be at both of y'all's businesses. So watch out for me there. And uh, this is Rob Rosell. This is Business on Tap. So make sure you tune in uh, next week or tap in to our next episode. Thank you, guys.
coming to On The Grill for years, and it's always a filling and unforgettable dining experience. From the iconic fajitas to the irresistible big-ass burgers, expand your palate with the chipotle shrimp pasta. The award-winning fajitas are traditional, delicious, and perfect for a family or all by yourself. Join us, the believers in Mario, and on the grill as we celebrate all of his hard work. Visit us at 1201 South Jackson Road, Suite 7 in Far, and our new location in Edinburgh. Discover more at On The Grill. When it comes to selling your listing, you need a team who will work hard to make a deal happen. Here at Hanna Solutions, we focus on providing beyond ordinary service to each and every client. Selling real estate is more than just planting a for sale sign on a property. That is why we design a strategic plan to bring out the best value and attract buyers to your property. From market research to digital advertising, we are the hardest working commercial real estate team in South Texas. For all things commercial, think Hannah Solutions. If you do want to start a business uh, here in the Rio Grande Valley, it's important that you make sure that you cover all your bases. Do you want to be a corporation or do you want to be a limited liability company? Uh, do you want to make it into an S-Corp? It's important that you get consultation on that. It's important that you have an attorney who's well-versed in uh, business litigation because that's what business is. Uh, it involves contracts, it involves agreements, whether they're verbal, handshake, written agreements. You want to make sure that you cover all your bases. My name is Andre Maldonado. My office is located in Edinburgh, Texas. We handle business litigation, contract disputes. Please feel free to contact me at 956-607-9484. In addition, you can reach me by email. It is andre at maldonadolawpllc.com.